The star and her latest love last night attended the Australian premiere, both happy with the response. The celebrities look dressed more for a funeral on Ramsey Street than an Australian film premiere, but they were here to witness a burial, the interment of the girl next door image of an ex-neighbour. Well, he played Brownie Hanson in the movie that was wildly billed as Kylie's sexy big-screen debut, Charlie Schlatter. He was Kylie Minogue's leading man during a fascinating time in her career. Desperate to rid herself of Charlene, her relationship with Jason Donovan dwindling. The Delinquents in 1989 was Kylie's first, but definitely not her last, bold attempt to shed the squeaky clean skin. And Mr. Schlatter had been flown in from the US, causing much consternation in the Australian film industry. Many critics were furious that an Australian actor had been exited stage right in favour of an American. But just a young man himself at the time, Charlie simply cracked on with the job. And what a good job he did too. He really was very solid in this film. I was lucky enough to talk to Charlie recently. I learnt that, just like our Kylie, he had also been diagnosed with a form of cancer. But he too is doing well now. He talked to me about Kylie's acting, what it was like to be with her on the set of The Delinquents, how he was completely and utterly naked during those much talked about sex scenes. And he even revealed that yes, he did try to crack on to Kylie even if it was done in a very polite and matter-of-fact manner. Enjoy our conversation with Charlie Schlatter, where he begins by expressing his frustration. He recently reached out for Kylie's help, but he just can't get through. Let me, I, I just want to tell you something really funny. Sure. You know, I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm doing this campaign, this uh, LLS thing um, for Man of the Year that I've been nominated for out here. Oh, wow. And... And so I'm, I'm trying to get in touch with uh, with our friend Kylie Minogue, and so which I haven't had great luck at doing yet, to be honest with you. Wow. Even though she has like 20 managers and 20, you'd think that one of them would maybe put the word through. But so the, one of the first people I called, I think, was her maybe like road manager or something. I should find out his name. But I said, you know, hi, I'm Charlie Schlatter. He's That's like, Shawnee. what's this? Yes, yes, is it? Guy Guy named Sean. So I say, yeah, hi. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd love to get in touch with Kylie. Well, who is this? I, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like all of a sudden, you know, the gatekeeper. They're they're the strong ones. So wow. yeah, and I, I get it. Good cut baggage. So I say, yeah, you know, this is Charlie Schlaughter, and uh, what's this in reference to? I said, well, you know, I just wanted to talk to her. Um, you know, I'm doing this campaign for cancer, and. Uh, you know, was looking, and I know she's a survivor, and, and was looking to see if she'd uh, want to be involved in this as well. And he goes, does she know you? And I go, well, we did a film together years ago. It was called The Delinquents. And he goes, never heard of it. What? You're so joking said, me, Charlie. That's shocking. No. no. So I said, wow, you're you're her. I, I said, because, you know, it's, it's the only movie she's ever done. So, yeah, listen, uh, Sean, here's my number and whatever. If you get a chance, you know, please forward it. Okay, and that was it. So I thought, gosh, how, how long ago was this? This was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow, and you've heard nothing. Silence. Uh, nothing. So, Tim, if you could help me, we're oh. going to get Kylie 
to start, you know, get involved in this. I'm sure she'd love to. And what is the charity for? So that Kylie knows explicitly what we're asking her to do here. I've been nominated by the Leukemia Lymphoma Society as a candidate for the Man of the Year competition. It's a fundraising competition which takes place over 10 months. Uh, I'm sorry, 10 months, 10 weeks. And we are... Uh, we are almost four weeks into it. I think four weeks today. Um, and uh, I was nominated because I'm a survivor. I was I was diagnosed with leukemia about a decade ago, and I have never said anything to anyone about it. Um, and so this is basically my coming out, to be honest with you. And you know, between you and I, I'm as healthy as a horse right now. I mean, mm. there's. You know, I go to the gym and I'm I'm definitely stronger than thirty year olds. You look amazing, um, my friend. I have to say, like honestly, the 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 photos that I've seen of you recently, like you you uh, don't you don't look your age. Put it that way. Wow, and you certainly don't look like someone who's been sick and through something as serious as you've been through. Uh, well, thanks, man. No, and and you listen, I owe it all to this great medication that I'm on, and that's the charity that I'm trying to raise money for. You know, had I been diagnosed a couple years earlier, it was a death sentence. It was you know lights out. Wow. Um, but I, and I and I know that Kylie's been through it. You know, that's why I wanted to reach out to her too to see if she would do like a lunch with someone for chat. You know, for the charity or something. You know, we we'll get creative and find something that she could do. Look, she that would support both of us. She's a humanitarian. I mean, she truly is. I'm not just saying that as a fan. So I'm sure if she hears this. She'll want to help oh. in her own way somehow. Oh, for sure. I, I remember even when I first met her, she was, you know, a, a total, you know, philanthropist. She was always doing charitable things. So and behind the thought, scenes, ah. not just in the public eye. That's exactly right. But like, I'm, I'm interested by this concept though that you're trying to get hold of her, and you sort of describe there the gatekeepers, and that's often what happens, isn't it, Charlie? That they, they yeah. are surrounded by uh, by a machine, by machinery, in oh. in essence. Oh. Oh, yeah. I mean, it used to be so much easier, you know, however long ago, 20 years ago, we did that show. You know, you just, you know, if I didn't call her directly, you just call her manager. I think it was, his name was Terry at the time. Terry that's right. Berland? Or? Terry Blamey. Terry Blamey. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you'd say, hey, Terry, I, I needed to talk to Kylie. Okay. And you would talk. I'm also surprised that that you're working for a woman and you don't know her history. You don't know her professional uh, of that part, as a fan, I will stand up at 100% agree. How could you not know? This was such a, a highlight, possibly an important part of her career, is the way to put it. Yeah. Kylie, if you're listening, Charlie would love to hear from you. With that off his chest, Charlie was ready to begin talking about his experiences of working on the 1989 film, The Delinquents. Well, if you're an old school Kylie fan, these words are gonna trigger an instant memory. All their lives, they were told they mustn't, they shouldn't, <laughs> they, they can't. They couldn't. One until, year, they until did. One day. <laughs> Some rules were meant to be broken. The Delinquents yeah. was released in 1989, <laughs> and for many of us, <laughs> I can't help but chuckle. Along with Charlie here, we've ruined the surprise. Charlie Schlatter's with me, but it marked. This is this is true for for a lot of fans like me. 
This movie marked heated discussion with our parents about whether or not we should be allowed to see it. Because even though this, the movie makers claimed at the time that this was a love story, the very same movie yeah. types, they pushed for sex scenes during the promotion purely to get bums on seats. And why wouldn't you, I suppose? It was Kylie. Yeah. Uh, of course, the the film's male lead and co-star was Charlie Schlatter. I am, I truly am, Charlie, thrilled to be speaking to you all the way from California. Welcome to Time to Talk. Oh, thanks, buddy. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, all their lives, they were told they couldn't. <laughs> You're a voiceover actor now, too, so you could really get your teeth into that. It's a good line, isn't it? Oh, it's the best in a world. <laughs> it was so it was so cheesy and perfect for 1989. It really was. And one year they did. And then when I watched it, to be fair, I, I loved the movie. I'm not criticizing it, but I'm like, they didn't actually really do very much. That was the point. They weren't really delinquents. They, they, they weren't breaking many rules. They were just, no, they, they, <laughs> they weren't. And they really didn't. And when they were doing it, they didn't know what they were doing. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Look, it's been almost 30 years, if you can believe it, since this film was released. I mean, to me, that's just incredible and makes me feel depressed and old. What are your yeah. strongest memories of the delinquents, though? What are your strongest memories that come through? Uh, well, I'll tell you this. It was my first taste of Australia. I had never been there before. And, you know, as an American over there, it was, uh, to this day, you know, and I think I'm pretty well-traveled. Um I have to say it's 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 one of the best countries I've ever been to, and I know that it sounds really hokey to say this, but I think why it's so great is because the people the people are just so awesome and honest and fun, um, and they were so accommodating, and everybody was just super super great to me. Um, the other thing was I just I didn't you know to be honest in America no one really knew who Kylie was, uh, so to go over there you know it was. It was crazy to meet this, you know, this phenomenon from Australia. Uh, it's not like today where we have social media and you know what's going on in every country across the globe. Um, you know, so she was you know, to here, you know, to America, she was a bit of a secret. But, you know, but then that changed. I mean, she blew up out here as well. Um, but I, I will say it was just she was just a great, great co-star more than anything else. She was a great friend and a great co-star. And was so dedicated and, and you know unlike a lot of teenagers i i don't know how old she was at the time she must have been well maybe 20 21 20. yeah yeah well she was certainly 21 around the michael hutchins era so and i know that's when she yeah. started dating him yeah, yeah yeah and so and since then i've worked you know as, as a young man i had worked with countless teenagers as well and you know the, the, her work ethic was unbelievable in hindsight you know mm. here's a girl who never said can we leave early because i want to meet my friends at a club mm. or because you know i'm having my nails done at whatever and and there and, and i came back to the stakes and and was working with girls and boys who were like that i just thought you know, listen, I, I'm from New Jersey. I'm from a blue-collar town. And, and, Tim, I know that I could be digging holes for a living. I really know that. Yeah. So, to, to me, I've always been really thankful of all the good fortune I've had. Um, and, and I think Kylie, you know, I met, I met her mom and her dad and her sister. And, and they all really had their feet on the ground. I think they were all very gracious and thankful for what was going on in her life, but also knew that it wasn't just some entitlement. And, and she worked... 
she worked hard. She was a hard, hard worker, and and I totally respect that about her. Yeah, I've got to say the Minogue family as a whole are just, they're famous for being hardworking people, very, very professional. It's interesting you say when you came out, and it was before the internet, so you couldn't have done, you know, too much research beforehand, and you walked into this phenomenon that was Kylie Minogue. I've got to say, uh, even before the production began, there were were press junkets, like, to, to showcase that Kylie was about to make a movie, I hope you don't mind this observation, but I remember looking in, it seemed that you were really overlooked. Like every question was for Kylie. And when you did get a question, it was, how do you feel about working with Kylie? I mean, you must have, is that how it felt for you? What was it like in your shoes at that time? Oh, totally. I mean, it, it was because it was, you know, it's Australia's daughter. It's, it's, the, it's your baby. It's, she's yours and she's your treasure. Mm-hmm. And and that's it's the only thing they cared about, and and rightfully so. Who cares? But for an American <laughs> actor, though, Charlie, I mean, one could argue that an American actor has a huge ego and couldn't possibly tolerate something like that. You seemed to take it in your stride, though. You didn't seem to to mind. You took it with good humour, from from my memory. Yeah, I don't. You know, listen, I don't think there's room for ego in in this business. You know, even though it's ego centered. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, really, I, I think. I listen, Tim. I I love to work. You know what I mean. I I never got into this business to say, like, you know, I want to be a star or I want to be noticed. And I know that that maybe sounds strange or tough to understand, but. But it's true. I, I had enough attention growing up from my parents and my friends. Wow. Um, I just love what I do. Charlie, within the Australian film industry, there was huge controversy, led mainly by film historian and critic David Stratton, about the choice to cast you, an American, uh-huh. because there was the Australian actor Ben Mend- Mendelssohn. He, he had been selected and even cast, from what I understand, and it's reported they hired you purely so that they could sell the delinquents to the American market. Is Ben the guy from uh, uh, Bloodline? Yeah, no, it's him. He's awesome. He should have done delinquents. I'm sorry. He's what? The best. You're saying that <laughs> Ben should have done the delinquents? Charlie Schlatter's saying Ben should have done it? He should have. He's awesome. But no, here's the <laughs> You know, I, and I guess you're right. I mean, it, it was. It was one of those things. I guess David Bowie was involved in the project at he one time. He was going to do the I, whole music soundtrack. That's right. Yeah, 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 he was. Um, you know, I was such an outsider. I didn't know. You just get a call. Uh, saying, hey, do you want to be in this movie that takes place in Australia? You're going to play an Australian guy. And I thought, wow, that's fun. Who's in it? And they said, Kylie Minogue. And I said, who's he? No one even had the name Kylie here in America. Wow. So you're like, who, who is, you know, I'm thinking like Kyle E. Kylie, who's Kylie? Kyle who's E. I love that. Yeah. And so... So uh, you had no sense of, of this controversy that was going on because, you know, they, they got special funding for this project. Uh, there was no. talk that they were breaching the rules of that funding by employing you. You had no sense right. of that when you came over. No, none at all. All I know is that at one... Because all of a sudden, you know, I get the film, I get the script, and I go, yeah, this is a really... It's a really sweet script. And yeah, I'd love to go to Australia and do a movie. And for me, it was a chance to play an Australian I was I was like two weeks deep into working with a uh, a dialect coach, a, you know, an accent guy, and uh, and things were going great. And then all of a sudden, I get the call saying, "Hey, listen, they're changing the character around. They're making him American now." 
Um, there was a lot I, of talk around your accent, I've got to say, a lot of talk. And there was also a lot of criticism of the what they call the hastily changed script because there's a reference in the movie to your dad being from America, which is sort of, uh, critics suggested was such a flimsy way of explaining why your accent was the way it was. Well, here's the thing. I never, no one's ever heard me do an Australian accent, especially anyone involved in the delinquents. That's the, that's the first thing. The only thing I've ever even like attempted doing an Australian accent is like in little cartoons here and there where no one really cares that much. Um, secondly, like the accent in, in the delinquents was, was my own, you know what I mean? And so I don't yeah. know why there was any sort of, uh, you know, uh, linguistic experts thinking the they criticism, could die. The, the criticism wasn't on your accent per se. It was that the character, what, what I read at the time was the character was meant to have lived in Bundaberg for long enough that there should have been at least a twang of Aussie in there somehow, particularly well, Bundaberg, very Australian broad dialect up there. So that, right. was the, that was the criticism. Certainly not of you, Charlie. Just of like the casting, I think was was. Oh no, no, no! And that's yeah. listen. That, that that's a valid point, but that's one to take up with the director to say why wasn't this character, mm. especially when um, this is a character who didn't live in Bundaberg that long, and mm. you know you establish your own accent and your own regionalism early on. Let's just say, let's just say, Brownie Hansen was not easily influenced by the people of Bundaberg. <laughs> How's no. that? Well, he was an individual, that. wasn't he? He was a very strong-minded young lad, so that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Give us a sense about what was it like on the set during this period. Yeah, it was. Um, it was very, very similar to a a modest budget film in the states. You know, there was not a lot of glitz or glamour. Um, our trailers were very modest. Um, the makeup trailer was modest. Um, it wasn't like productions today where they just, you know, are emptying trucks of money in your lap and you just make a show. This was very well thought out, where very well budgeted, um, and and I have to say, very blue collar. I mean, every, everyone just really, everyone just really, really worked hard, and it was a great, great atmosphere and the, and the personalities were just so so great from the guy who drove me to and from the set to the top producers everyone was super nice like, i can't even explain it. it was just i had such a pleasant pleasant experience doing the whole thing so it was all very professional by the sound of it but working with kylie did she have the star trailer did she have the the bodyguards no. the personal assistants all of that kind of thing? no 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 none of that None of that superfluous crap. Um, mm. She just showed up. We had the same driver. We'd stay at the hotel, and we'd meet down in the lobby, and there was our driver to take us to the set. We both had the, the same trailer. Um, I didn't have any, like, real star amenities. Um, you know, we just had the same... You know, it, w it was easy. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't like being with the Beatles, you know, when you're running away from people. Every now and then you'd have someone come up to you at dinner or whatever and say, hi, you know, Ms. Minogue or Mr. Schler, can you sign this for me? Okay. And that was it. It was, it was, it was easy. There was no like crazy, I don't know. No diva no antics. Yeah, that, that's yeah. fantastic. Like you say, you're yeah. describing such a professional experience. There was so much riding on Kylie's shoulders, though. There truly was. The, 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 the critics had their scalpels out even before production began. They truly did. Charlie, I'll just say this. It's definitely been pointed out that you were called in to an extent because you could act. And there was concern that maybe Kylie was a star 
who couldn't act. Oh, uh, well, no, listen, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 as an actress, I thought, she, you know, she was second to none. I mean, she was just really, really great. And she was, uh, you know, listen, the, the proof is in the pudding. She was, I think she was wonderful in that movie. And she didn't have to, like, try terribly hard. She was just totally committed to what she was doing. Um, I never felt like I was, I, you know, I had a few films under my belt, but I didn't feel like I, I was going in there as the veteran. You know, she was a woman who, who had been on a, a television series uh, for for years, and and had experience. Um, was she nervous about it or stressed about it? Maybe a little bit. I think any twenty year old female would be. But she was also very joyous and gracious and, and fun and musical. You know, we used to sing uh, Barry Manilow songs in my trailer all day. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, really, we were just like a total a couple of schoolgirls. It was fun. But no, I, you know, I get it. And, and it's weird. That was like, that was the weirdest thing to me also about Australia. Like, because I would only hear from, you know, the people involved in the film about, Australian critics and the people that want to take Kylie down and I thought this is really like a weird vibe you guys got out here man just chill he's just a kid who's singing and dancing and having fun why you know I just never understood that like why they'd want to build her up just to chop her down it seemed like a strange hobby the tall poppy syndrome we call it anyone who gets success outside of our country then all of a sudden there's a lot of resentment and because her success was primarily overseas in the UK and Europe. Uh, yeah, yeah, the scalpers were out. Yeah, yeah so I, I get it. Every country, every town, every we all have the same thing. It happens in every high school. If someone gets too big for themselves, you got to cut them at the knees. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that's, you know, that's, but it's, it's, it's odd when an entire, you know, country has that mentality about, you know, yeah. a, a five foot one girl. I like to think it's, it's shifting. Did she talk to you about that pressure at all, though? Did you, or did you ever see evidence of it that there was a lot riding on this film for her? No, but you know, she, she was the first. I, I mean, I probably heard it from her first. The whole tall poppy syndrome. You know, it, it probably came from her mouth first uh, about that. That's the first time I'd ever heard those words uttered and what it all meant. But I, I totally yeah. understood it. You know, I mean, in America. You know, you're, you're great for a certain amount of time, and then you're yesterday's, you know, your old trash, your yesterday's news. I have to ask you about the sex scenes. What was it like filming a sex scene with Kylie Minogue, or sex scenes? It was, um, you know, it's funny because um, there are several scenes that aren't in there. Is that um, right? Not, yeah, not sex scenes, but there's a few others. That, I know there's a... There was like this whole sequence of me getting crabs from a hooker in like Singapore. Oh wow! And, yeah, and I had to do like this naked scene of me like with this insect spraying it in my crotch. Um, as far as like doing love scenes, um, <clears throat> you know, it's uh, it's you know, it's not like the most comfortable thing. You just you know, you just have to trust your partner in it that it's not going to be so stupid and. And and you just kind of give in to the process, but everybody was real ladies and gentlemen on the set. This would have been your first love scene too, wouldn't it? You were only a young guy yourself, right? I'm trying. To, yeah, you know, I had done like little kissing scenes here and there. I think in a couple, you know, but nothing, nothing like that. Nothing that required like any sort of real sexuality. Um, but it was, you know, I mean. It's just weird. It's not like the most romantic thing because you okay, put your hand here, move your head this way. It's like a you know, it's like a photo shoot almost. It's not like, hey Kylie, Charlie, 
I want to see you guys hook up, do your thing, man, and action. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like, it's not porno. It's it's just, uh, you know, it's like, hey, I'd like it to start off here. I want it to go here and end, and, and, you know, in this position. And if we have to go out and cut stuff out, then we do that, you know. So, no, you know, I, I, you know it's, it's funny. She, we had, a, uh, we had a, a wonderful costume lady working with us. Her name was Julie Barton. And, um, you know, she was the one who basically comes out with the robe and she'll take the robe away from you at the final minute. And, and everyone was, like I said, it was such a very closed set. It's just the director, the DP, um, and you and Kylie. And so, you know, it just, but, but if Kylie was uncomfortable, she never let you know that. Uh, she also didn't walk around like, hey, I'm just going to be topless right now for everyone to see it was no you wait until the very last second and boom you're ready and roll sound roll camera and go you do your scene they say cut and there are the robe ladies right there to cover you up so you don't get chilly and uh you know that just is what that's just how it goes you know were you attracted to her i mean was it exciting to do a love scene with kylie minogue it was you know honestly it was more exciting like having dinners with her it was more because that's when oh, you're well, re- how romantic <laughs> well no i mean it just it just is listen and, and did i have a crush on her of course i did and was i kept in the friend zone of course i was you know uh, um yeah, like i'm a healthy american boy of course i you know but it had nothing to do with like a, you know australian's treasure or anything the accolades that came along with her she was just this very sweet sweet girl who you know you couldn't help but be enamored with she was just very sweet and very nice and and you wanted to take care of her and you wanted to protect her um so you know insofar like the love scenes you know there wasn't like a lot of excitement going on you know like okay we're really going to do this because if we were really going to do it it would have happened somewhere other than on a set and that would have been nice but (laughs) <laughs> but the stuff that goes on the set is it's work you bared your backside in this film charlie why not yeah had to be done <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that that wasn't awkward for you or anything like that you... of course it's awkward it's yeah it's just weird you know you're laying there naked but and you know yes the makeup lady is there anything back there is there like a pimple or anything that i need to go like no you're all good everything's a go you know, they give a little powder, take a little shine off that thing, and then, uh, you know, lay you out. <laughs> Are you completely naked on set? Uh, yeah, and that I was, yeah. Yeah, you just come out with the robe, you know, Kylie's laying there, then you lay there, and then, you know, yeah. No pouch or anything like that? No no modesty? No, no, because I, I was, uh, I think I was, like, laying down, basically, uh, on my stomach anyway, so, yeah. I didn't really, they didn't have that. I don't even think they, they call that a, uh, I think they call that a jewel bag. A jewel bag, right. Yeah. That's the technical term. Yeah, which I actually wore in, uh, I did a, a show out here called Southland. And uh, I had to be like this crazy screaming naked guy. And they gave me the pouch. And, you know, they, they come to the dressing room. They're so wonderful. They've got like three bags to choose from. You know, little, medium, and like this crazy long Thing. I said, I'll, I'll just take the medium for now. Um, <laughs> for now. And, and then in the, uh, in the uh, actual show, they pixelate all around that. So it actually looks like you're naked. Charlie, you a, lot of, a lot of us fans um, thought that you would have made a good couple. Did you actually ask Aww. around? 
Well, thanks. We would have. We definitely would have downbreeded. You know, we would have had like Shetland children. Very little. <laughs> You're both little. That's right. Yeah. 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 Did, did you actually make a move on Kylie? Did you ask her out on a date? I don't think I made the full move, but I, I think I basically said, "Hey, if you want me to be your boyfriend, I gladly would be." But I get it if you don't want me to be. And I think she was like, yeah, thanks for the offer. No, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to go and stand over here now. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, listen, it's, uh, again, you can't have ego, Tim. You can't have ego. You but just, you've also you know, got to have your shot, Charlie, don't you? You've got to have your shot. I, exactly. I've, I Listen, I have a beautiful wife. I'm very happily married. and But I'll tell you, like, before that, I dated a lot of beautiful women, and you don't ask. You know, nothing, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Exactly. You know? Can I ask, was Michael Hutchins around at the time? Did you know? Because that no. was... No. Nope. No, in fact, uh, was NXS even around at that time? I don't even oh, know. Yeah. I, in fact, yeah, I, I remember I was surprised like uh, like a year later because she was dating like Jerry Donovan or something like that. Jason Donovan, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so uh, I was I, I was like, wow. So she's dating this Michael Hutchins guy. I didn't, like I didn't picture her with like this hardcore you know rock guy. What about when you went to those premieres uh, in the UK, in Australia, oh my God, the hype, the frenzy, and yeah. boy, does she know how to turn on the publicity machine too, because she came out in that noughts and crosses dress with Michael Hutchins with the short platinum blonde hair. What were you making of all yeah, of this? Yeah, no, the only, the only premieres I was at, and it was before him, he, was, he wasn't at either one of these. We did one in... Uh, we did one in London, and we did one in Newcastle, and and those were the only two premieres I had gone to. Are you proud of this film, Charlie? I am. Yeah, you know, um, I'm proud of the work that went into it, and and I'm, I'm, you know, I haven't seen the picture in 30 years, so I, I don't know, you know, if it holds up or whatever. I remember it being a beautiful film to look at. Um, and I think it was well acted by everybody. I think it was a wonderful story. Um, yeah, it's it's probably weird that they build it as such or promoted it as such a sex movie because, like you said, you know, it really isn't. You know, um, it's two kids that are curious about it and about each other. Uh, and you know, I, I listen. I I haven't had to suffer the slings and arrows of the critics of this movie because I live here and because. Um, you know, no one has seen it here. But so are, are, are you aware that the, the, the movie received very harsh reviews, though? Were you aware of that? No, because, you know, again, this is like before, uh, you know, the internet and all that stuff. So, no? Yeah. Oh, okay. Can I, for, for example, don't get me wrong, the fans love this film. The fans love it. And oh, good. Yeah, but one of the reviews said, if casting is reckoned to be a 70% of a successful picture then 35% of it goes wrong with Charlie Schlatter. Charlie is no doubt a nice person and in the right context, a good actor, but he's given the impossible task of pretending that he fits into Bundaberg in 1957 and he stands out like a sore thumb. Yeah, what's that writer doing now? <laughs> exactly, where's that writer now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. How, how is it living in your mom's basement, dude? <laughs> I mean, really, who fucking cares, to be honest with you? It's like, do they even, I mean, people look at Rotten Tomatoes now and they make their own, you know, it's like, I, I hate to say it, Mr. Critic, but it, it's a dead art and guys like you just killed it. You know what I mean? Because that's why there's only like three or four 
critics, uh, not reviewers, but critics who were who still work today that people actually listen to. You know, you're not going to please everybody with what you do, but I think it was just uh, it was a nice attempt at, at something that was sweet. So. It's so wonderful for the fans to know that you you clearly cherish this memory too, and that it's not tarnished by all the the I suppose the bullshit that went on around it, the the critics and all of that. You just remember this as a very professional, sweet experience in your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hate to break it to the critics, but you know, most actors don't do what they do because of them or for them. Yeah. You know, you do it for. Uh, other people yeah it's it's too bad too you know i feel bad for kylie that that people let their personal hatred toward her success get in the way of just you know being honest because listen i I think she was really really wonderful in that production maybe those people you know were too close to her to see that or too close to her star to see that i wasn't and the people that have seen it here you know when i say friends and family whatever who've seen it They've loved her. They're like, oh, my God, this Kylie girl is really good because um, she was. She was a wonder, you know, she's a wonderful actress and she's yeah. a great entertainer. You know, she's-, she's a fantastic entertainer. But throughout her career, this acting question has been the most contentious. Can she? Can't she? Can she? Can't she? She hasn't actually gone on to have a huge acting career. Does that surprise you, Charlie? No, it doesn't. Who, You know, maybe she doesn't like doing it, you know. I mean, there are times in my career when I just completely stop because I don't enjoy doing it all the time. You know, she probably enjoys singing and entertaining and getting instant gratification. Um, you know what I mean? And, and and thrilling thousands of fans and people who love her live as opposed to making a film, you know, haters who are just going to hate. Tell us a little briefly, Charlie. Tell us about your life these days, because the fans would love to know what you're up to. You're, you're married, and I believe you have children too. Some some sons. Yeah, no, I've got th- I've got two daughters and a son. I've got a 20 year old girl at, at college and a uh, 18 year old girl at college. My 16 year old son is in high school. Um, he's an athlete. My girls are beautiful and smart. Um, it's all. It's all really great. Uh, I do tons of voiceover stuff, mostly cartoons. Um, and uh, just recently, I just started getting back into doing some more on-camera work. I'm starting to try and find the joy in that again. Uh, and also my kids are like, Dad, we kind of want you to be fancy again. So, okay, I'll do a couple of things for them. Um, and then also, like I said earlier, you know, I, I've got this crazy cancer thing, this leukemia thing that I was diagnosed with years ago. So right now I am in the middle of what's called the Man of the Year uh, fundraising campaign for LLS. I've been nominated as their Man of the Year. A lot of that money goes to the research that has helped develop the drugs that are, that are helping people with the cancer. I, for one, I'm on a drug called Gleevec which was made possible through their funding. Without this drug, I would be dead. You know, Kylie would be interested to know that these are the people who are developing uh, stuff that's helping out in breast cancer as well. So it's just, it's, it's one of the best charities that I know of that, um, that is really working really hard to end blood cancer and, and other cancers as well. 
your children must be so proud of you to actually be throwing yourself into such a, a worthy cause like that. Charlie, thank you for talking to me tonight. And honestly, I really mean this from all the fans that were around at that time and, and still hold the delinquents up as such a special memory for them. Thank you so much for all your work on that movie and just for showing uh, Kylie such respect. That's what it felt like. You show her such respect. Uh, I do. Listen, I, I do. I know how hard it is to do what she's doing. And, and she's a breast cancer survivor. You know, even just coming out with that and telling people you have that. Mm. It's tough, man. It's a tough step. And, you know, I, I, for me, it's been a decade. I haven't, I didn't even tell my kids until like a couple of years ago. Because who, who really wants to worry about their dad dying or any of this other? To me, it was just, you know, we all have a cross to bear. You know, that's mine. But now that I have come out, oh my God, Tim, the amount of love and this outpouring of support has been crazy. And all these people saying, thank you for your bravery and thanks for sharing stories. There's so many, so many Let's, let's cure it and get the hell out of here. It's, it's, it's so funny that you and Kylie have that in common. You're both you're raising that profile. Final question, Charlie. Do you have a favorite Kylie Minogue song? Uh, I'm, I'm Listen, I'm old school, so I'm going to go with uh, Locomotion. Oh, all the way back to 1987 <laughs> goes Charlie Schlatter. Well done. <laughs> Charlie, good luck with everything you do in the future, and thanks so much for talking to me. Tim, anytime, buddy. Let me know if you need anything else. Take care, you too. See you later. Bye-bye.